0: you would like us as a church to pray for you please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox so welcome if you're a visitor welcome if you're here trying us out for the first time and hopefully it won't be the last um who likes tapas okay yeah do you not prefer like a big bit of the thing you really like No? Okay. Uh, Well, this morning is a bit like tapas, really, because actually we reach a part of Ecclesiastes where there's lots of little bits involved. So uh, it's lots of little sections. Um, We've had six chapters of everything's smoke, everything's pointless, really jolly thoughts for the summer. And uh, we move on to something a little bit more positive as he looks at some proverbs that are linked, but at first may seem like they aren't. So when you think of a proverb... Which one springs to mind? But you all shout out your favourite ones. I'll tell you what. I'll give you the starter and you can finish it off. These aren't necessarily biblical proverbs that I'm going to give you, but um, a bird in the hand is worth. Very good. Like, like a bit of participation. Too many cooks. A rolling stone. No should quit and start drawing their pensions. I think is the answer to that one. That's a musical joke. Okay. But uh, Jesus quoted Proverbs, and so did Paul. They were important, wise words that spoke a simple truth into lives. So. We're not going to look at every single one. I'm not going to read through the whole of chapter 7, but we're looking at verses 1 to 25. You can go away and read it for yourselves, but we are going to look at it and dip in and out a bit like tapas, okay? Hence the start. But it talks throughout this chapter, it keeps saying, it is better, it is better, it is better. So we want to know what's better today, yeah? Yeah, Yeah, okay. So Ecclesiastes 7 verse 1 is the first of the Proverbs that it comes to. It says this, A good name is better than fine perfume, and the day of death better than the day of birth. We'll come to that in a moment. But Proverbs 22, verse 1, echoes this this verse. It says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. But Ecclesiastes, a good name is better than fine perfume. If you've lived in a house with teenage boys in particular, you might be aware of the lynx effect, okay, particularly at Christmas. Yeah, the promise is, anyone wearing lynx today? Don't be embarrassed. Oh, a few people, good, okay. Ooh, I don't see anyone flocking to you, that's not a problem. The promise is, you spray yourself with this stuff and you will be absolutely chased after, so obviously it obviously doesn't work, but, uh, but you don't need to. You've all got, welcome Mr. and Mrs. Harrison, by the way. Nice to have you back. But actually, the advertising agencies want us to believe that if we smell right, then everything will be okay. Okay, Aaron, how are you doing after sitting in the sweat box this morning? Not too bad, okay. You know, the advertising agencies use slogans like this. These are advertising slogans for perfume fragrance doesn't lie I think you'll find that's exactly what it does (laughs) because if you were to smell the truth it wouldn't always be very pretty fragrance perfume one is the essence of love really another one let this fragrance set you free promises this fragrance is simply divine I think you'll find divine means related to God, being holy. And the last one, be happy, smell sweet. If it was that simple, then next time we have a funeral here, we'll just spray everybody with perfume. You know, they tell you, though we can remember adverts maybe for, for products like herbal essences where people got excited because they smelt good. Or maybe the Timote girl. I always wanted to be the Timotei girl. That's why I used it, that long-flowing blonde hair in a waterfall. But, you know, the world says, act superficially and everything will be okay. But Ecclesiastes says, "Mm, that's just covering it over. A nice smell might last a few hours. But actually, reputation should draw people to us far better than the superficial. So, the first thing we see is it's better to have a good reputation than to be surface right. It's better to be deep down getting things sorted than it is to cover up with a nice smell. So, what's our scent? How's our reputation? Where's our focus? The next phrase is a bit of a shot between the eyes, isn't it? The day of death is better than the day of birth. Okay, I thought you thought it was going to be happier this morning. Okay. Hands up, who knows their birthday? Those who haven't put their hand up, I'll be uh, having words. There's obviously a problem. Hands up, who knows the day they're going to die? Oh, nobody. No, that's good. I'm going to make you really happy this morning. Imagine your life is a 24-hour day. You're born at zero midnight, okay? If you're 27, any 27... Oh, any 18-year-olds, first of all. 18, if you're 18 then it's currently six o'clock in the morning. So you've got the whole day ahead of you, okay? Any 27-year-olds close to that? It's nine o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning. 36, you don't want to admit that you're 36. <laughs> Did you put your hand up then, Jill? Or was it someone behind you? No, 36, 36 is midday. 45, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. 60? It's 8 o'clock. I'll stop there because some of us will start thinking it's way past our bedtime. (laughs) Okay. Don't want to upset you. But Ecclesiastes says it's better to think this way. Why? Well, birth in some ways is a bit of a fantasy. It's full of a hope. It's full of euphoria. It's not always reality. It doesn't tell us what's going to come next. But actually... We ask the right questions when maybe we face death straight on. Maybe we're going to ask the right questions when we realise that it's not going to be life as we know it here forever. You know, how on earth maybe the question you might ask at birth is, how on earth is birth a random act of molecules bouncing together? How can that be? That's a question to ask at birth. But actually, funerals make us face the reality of life. And Ecclesiastes says, We're fools if we don't think about that day. Sobering thoughts. The next section, Ecclesiastes 7, verses 2 to 4, says this It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. For death is the destiny for everyone. The living should take this to heart. Frustration is better than laughter because a sad face is good for the heart. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of pleasure. Basically, that's saying sorrow is better for you than laughter, and a man who always just thinks about happiness is a fool. That's Ken Dodd for you. Do we agree? Who's been taught that it takes more muscles to frown and look miserable than it does to smile. Did you know that, yeah? Okay, it takes more muscles to, it's nice to see some of you are working out this morning. (laughs) It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. But then you hear laughter is the best medicine. Laughter is the best medicine. In fact, a doctor wrote in a journal um, this year that laughter strengthens your immune system, it boosts your mood, it diminishes pain, it protects you from the damaging effects of stress. Nothing works faster or more dependably to bring your mind and body back into balance than a good laugh. Humor lightens your burdens, inspires hope, connects you to others and keeps you grounded, focused and alert. It also helps you release anger and forgive sooner. It relaxes the whole body. But despite all of those benefits, Ecclesiastes takes us the wisdom of looking at the sobering realities of the world we live in and the journey that is ahead of every single one of us. It's been said that prosperity reveals our vices and habits, but difficulties bring out our virtues. Maybe sometimes we're faced with struggles, and actually that's when we see the reality of us. Maybe when we see those difficulties of life, maybe when we're we're sensing difficulties that actually we recognise that we can turn to God And we can say, God, we need you. We need you. I think more people are likely to pray at a funeral than at a party. So maybe that's what Ecclesiastes is getting at. So this second group of proverbs that are in this passage can be summed up with this. Sometimes the stuff that's good for us might not taste that nice. Anyone agree? I don't know why God didn't make lettuce taste like chocolate. It would be far better for my diet. But actually, sometimes those things help us to ask the right questions. The third group of proverbs in this book, in this passage, talks of fools and wiser folk. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 5, It is better to heed the rebuke of a wise person than to listen to the song of fools. Better to heed the rebuke of a wise person Again, living with teenage boys or working with young people, having been on many camps and festivals over the years, in tents for weeks where you see who doesn't shower and who doesn't change, it's far better sometimes that they hear from the person they know quietly that maybe they need to do something about it than it is that people are talking about them behind their back. You know, I've shared before, when I used to work in school, I would often go dressed incorrectly. I remember one day I got to lunchtime and I had been wearing my jumper inside out and back to front. And it wasn't until a member of staff caught me in the corridor and said, Johnny, you need to sort that out. Well, actually, in those days, it was Jonathan because that was my Sunday name in school. Do you know, it's better to be told than to be talked about. That's what Ecclesiastes is saying. It's better to listen to the wise words of somebody who knows you than for everybody else to be talking about you. You know, we might prefer flattery, but it's far better to be put on the right path than it is to continue down a dead end. It goes on to say this. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 7 and verse 12 says, "'Extortion turns a wise person into a fool, "'and a bribe corrupts the heart.'" Wisdom is a shelter, as money is a shelter, but the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves those who have it. In other words, it's better to have character than cash. It's far better to have character, integrity. has talked about integrity this morning. Integrity can't be bought. It can be something that we live. The fourth set of... Um, Passage, the, the final bit of this passage finishes, sorry, with the hardships and hurts in life. It says it's better to be patient than proud. Why is that? Well, obviously, patience is a virtue. There's a start. There's another proverb. It's better to be patient than proud. What does pride bring? Pride brings hurt. Proud people often get angry quicker. Maybe pride can blow up with anger in a rage, or it can simmer with resentment where we hold a grudge and both are harmful to ourselves. So there is a selection of the Proverbs in this passage, chapter seven. There's a tapas this morning of wisdom that you can dip into and say, yeah, I recognize it's important to have a reputation that's good and not just be superficially okay. Yeah, it's better to be wise than to chase after money. And it's better to think about the end of my days than it is about the day I was born because it makes me ask the right question but what do all these proverbs have in common what is the link why is he talking about them and it's this wisdom is all about long term and looking ahead all of these proverbs are about long-term view are about looking to what's to come they're not a short-term fix. Wisdom is not a short-term fix. It's not spraying Links Africa over yourself in a tent when you've not had a shower for five days. It's not spraying Links on your clothes when you've not washed it. Faith is a long-term action and wisdom is about the future, not just the present. There's a phrase that crops up in our house having fostered children for quite a few years now and the phrase is this, instant gratification isn't good. In other words, you've got to wait to get something there and then. Sometimes it's harmful. It's actually associated with drug addiction. Instant gratification is having it now because that's what you want. And sometimes that's not good. Just to give an example of that, we had to buy trainers for someone recently. It wasn't Warren, for those of you who know Warren, so I'm not giving him a hard time. We had to buy trainers for somebody, and if they bought them from JD online, they would get them in two days, and it would save them 40 pounds. If they went to the JD store there and then, it would cost them an extra 40 pounds. What do you think they decided to do? They wanted them there and then. It was their money. If we were buying them, it'd be like, I'm really sorry, you gotta have to wait. It was their money. So they wanted them there and then, and they had to have them today at a cost of 40 quid. There's no logic to that, is there? There's no long term thinking. It's all about what I want now, what I want today. I've got to have it now. Ecclesiastes says it's better to be patient, it's better to wait. And actually, more often, we appreciate things more in that wait. We can relate that to the story of Esau and Jacob in the Bible. Esau comes back from hunting and he says to Jacob, I'm starving, get me some food now. And Jacob says, well, I'll get you some food if you give me your birthright. And Esau goes, okay. He was so desperate for that food in that moment there and then to satisfy that itch, that hunger, that he gave away everything just because of that moment. You know, we might look at that story and say, what a muppet. Esau, what a a wally. But how many of us can look back on our lives and recognise that we've traded in time that could have been spent better? Yeah? How many of us can look back, even the ones who are younger in this room today, you can look back at decisions you've made and gone, do you know what, I could have done that differently. And actually, how many of us might swap something of significance for a night just watching the telly? I could be really, really twee and say... PlayStation instead of PlayStation but no because that then condemns the people who play on the PlayStation nothing wrong with it but actually do we often waste our time instead of turning to what we should perfume can last maybe 24 hours at the max but a reputation that is good will last a lifetime thinking about the day we might die gives us the ability to evaluate life in the right context today and only at the end can we look back and see what was wasted Ecclesiastes 7, verse 10 says this. And Paul's doing a great job on the on the verses today because I'm not going straight through them. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 10 says this. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. Anyone do that? Ah, the good old days. When I was a young boy. You know, I've been reminded by some visitors today of how, I, how much I look like my dad. Um and I really don't need that (laughs) no I know it I don't mind looking like my dad so long as I'm like his character but actually you know the good old days when I had jet black hair and actually you know I was uh, able to run around on a football pitch all day and and do all those things the good old days sometimes we wear rose tinted glasses when we look back don't we? we oh it wasn't like that in my day it probably was just you didn't have the internet, so everybody didn't hear about it. That's the difference. It wasn't like that when I was young. We only remember the best bits. We only remember the best bits. Do you know, Ecclesiastes says the long-term view looking forwards is much wiser, but it's rare. That's why we see so much difficulty in our own behaviours. And we don't like the consequences of our actions because we'd rather think about the momentary buzz that we get in the here and now. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8 says, The end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride. The end of a thing is better than the beginning because it's better to finish well because it doesn't matter how well you start if you don't finish well. Look at England's football team. They've started the last two finals. They've played in brilliantly. Sadly, the only thing that matters is what happened in the end. It's important to finish well. And the teacher finishes the passage by evaluating wisdom as a whole. Ecclesiastes 7 verses 11 to 12 says, Wisdom, like an inheritance, is a good thing and benefits those who see the sun. Wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this, wisdom preserves those who have it. In other words, if I offered you one piece of really good advice a £1,000, which one would you take? Some of you would take the thousand pounds like that, wouldn't you? But maybe that advice would gain you far more. We need to be quick to listen. We need to be quick to hear wisdom. And Ecclesiastes says we will be far safer and secure in life if we're wise than if we're rich. We can be rich in love. We can be rich in Jesus. But there are several limitations to wisdom, and hopefully I'll finish well, even if i started badly today. There are limitations to wisdom. So here's the limitations to wisdom. Number one, God will still have the last word despite your wise plans. There's a limitation to our wisdom. God will always have the last word. Our wisdom is only so much. Our, own, our wisdom is only goes so far. The teacher says it's wise to plan for the future, but remember that God can change our plans. In other words, Limitation number one, we can prepare, but we can't plan. Maybe we're so obsessed with planning that when they go out the window, our life seems to fall apart. Be prepared, but let God have the last word. Let God have the ultimate plan. Limitation number two, wisdom alone will not make sense of everything. There's some verses that people have jumped on. Ecclesiastes 7, verses 16 to 18 say this Do not be over righteous, neither be over wise. Why destroy yourself? Do not be over wicked and do not be a fool. Why die before your time? It is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. Whoever fears God will avoid all extremes. Many will jump on those verses, even not Christians, and say, Yeah, that's how I live. I'm not too bad don't get in trouble with the law. Maybe I've had the odd parking fine. Maybe I've had the odd speeding ticket. Anyone? No? What, I should be confessing this morning. But I'm not that bad. And then you say, but I know I'm not that good either, but do you know what? I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle somewhere. And many people have jumped on those verses and that is the view of someone who doesn't see beyond death. That's the view of somebody who doesn't see the long picture, who doesn't see anything other than life here and now under the sun, who thinks that the end is just the end. Well, God says we need to get beyond death. And to get beyond death into life, we need perfection. We can't measure up. My wife will tell you, I can't measure up. But that's another story for another morning. I bought some furniture. Let's not go there. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure, Alan's going to help me sort it out, are Alan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my friend, Alan. I can't measure up, literally. But I can't measure up to God's standard. But you know, I don't have to because Jesus has done it for me. He is holy, and so we need to be holy because he's holy. But he has paid the price once for all. He's paid the price for God so love the world. We've sung it this morning. And the one way to see beyond death and to see that the end is not the end is to recognise that Jesus has done it. He's given his righteousness and holiness for free. That is amazing grace. That is what it's about. This statement of the teacher is limited to life in the here and now. But as Christians and the spring Church, we don't look just to the here and now. We look to an eternity with a God who loves us. Limitation number three, wisdom doesn't expect to be right every time. Wisdom isn't about being right every time. It's not about blowing your own trumpet. Don't be obsessed with being right because it's a turn off. That's why I make mistakes. Because I'm not right all the time. Just because it makes us more like everybody else when we get it wrong. Limitation number four, Wisdom is limited if we listen to criticism and other people's comments. Don't be obsessed with what other people say about you. Be more concerned about who God says you are. And if you're a Christian this morning, God says you are mine. God says you are loved. God says you are treasured. God says you are forgiven. God says that you are desired, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God says you are amazing and he would choose you today and tomorrow and every day after that. The question is, have you chosen him? The question is, have you chosen him? You know, verses 23 to 25 in the final final part of this passage in the message version says this. I tested everything in my search for wisdom. I set out to be wise, but it was beyond me, far beyond me and deep, oh so deep. Does anyone ever find it? I concentrated with all my might, studying and exploring and seeking wisdom, the meaning of life. I also wanted to identify evil and stupidity, foolishness and craziness. In other words, the teacher says, I've searched and I can't find it. I've looked and I can't, it's too deep. There's too much to go through. I can't find the answer. Do you know, Old Testament wisdom can only get us so far. Old Testament wisdom could only get him so far. The New Testament says this Jesus says these words, paraphrased Happy are the poor, the kingdom of God is yours. Happy are you who are hungry now because you'll be filled. Happy are you who weep now for you will laugh. Happy are you when people hate you, reject you, insult you, and say you're evil because of the Son of Man. Be glad when that happens and dance for joy because a great reward is kept for you in heaven for their ancestors did the same thing to the prophets. But how terrible for you who are rich now, you have had your easy life. How terrible now for you who are full for you'll go hungry. How terrible for you who just simply laugh now because you'll mourn and weep. How terrible when all the people just speak well of you because their ancestors said the same about the false prophets. The difference with Jesus's words and the teacher's words of Jesus was certain. Jesus said, there's more to life than this. Jesus said, there's more to come. Are you with me? Jesus said, it's not about here and now, it's about an eternity with me. It's beyond the grave. You know, the issue at stake is not what it will be like when I'm in old age. Some of you are worried that you're at 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) Do you know the difference is with God, His mercies are new every morning. And the sun will rise in eternity with him because the sun is Jesus. The issue at stake is not what it's about old age, but the issue here is what will it be all about after I die? That's what Ecclesiastes is drawing us to. The difference is what it's like afterwards. How am I preparing, not for my retirement, but for my resting in the arms of the Father? How am I preparing for that day? So i finish with this. Where is wisdom to be found? 1 Corinthians chapter 1 has some verses on it. Verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The foolishness of the cross. That's wisdom. Because God said, there's no way you could measure up without the cross. Verse 27, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Verse 30, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts... Boast in the Lord. Where's wisdom found? It's found on a hill. Wisdom of God is found on a hill far away where there stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. So I'll cling to that old rugged cross. I'll cling and I'll cherish and I'll exchange it one day for a crown. That's beyond this life. That is beyond the here and now. The wisdom is found on Calvary at the foot of the cross. Something that looks so foolish and crazy. A 33-year-old perfect man's life being thrown away. Why? For us. For me and for you. It's where the world's cleverness becomes foolishness. Why was it God's foolishness? I think it's God's foolishness because I wouldn't be prepared to die for me. He's made it so simple for us difficult for Jesus so simple yet we have to pick up a cross daily, we have to recognise the difficulties will be there to teach us we're never going to completely understand it but God has provided wisdom so this morning and with this I finish are you searching for something maybe we're searching for wisdom and intelligence and cleverness it can't be about being that because then if it was about being clever, it would be an exclusive club. If I said, only the clever will survive, some of us will think that's me out. It can't be about being rich, because again, that would be an exclusive club. It can't be about being the best behaved, because again, some of us will struggle. It can only be about what finished out in the wide open, held up for the whole world to see, Jesus dying on a cross so that we might be free. Wisdom is accepting Jesus and taking the steps into his kingdom for ourselves. Let's pray. God, invite the band up as we do that. And the prayer team are going to be at the back of the church. Maybe this morning as we as we come to the end of our service, maybe you look back over life and think, I've made some really foolish decisions and there's no way out. Maybe you look back and think, there's things that I just, I could never be forgiven for. Do you know that's not true? Christ died for your sins, that you might be free. Maybe you think your reputation has taken a hit through things, God says, start again today, build it up. Father God, I pray for us in this church. I pray for us in this room. We pray that by your Holy Spirit, you'll speak to our hearts. You'll help us to understand that wisdom isn't cleverness. Wisdom isn't knowing all the facts. But wisdom is choosing to say, God, you are in control. Not my will, but yours be done. Father God, I pray in this, in this room right now, many of us will be recognising that touch of your, your, your voice, speaking to us and saying, I love you. The past has been done, it can, can be changed, it can be rewritten through the blood of Jesus Christ. So, Father God, this morning, I pray that you will stir us into action. I pray that you will help us to choose the wise things of the cross, the wise things of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that as we worship now, as we come to an end, that, Father God, we know that it doesn't just finish at the end. I thank you that because Jesus died and rose again, because he lives, We can face every tomorrow from now into eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.